Good morning, everyone. Well, we have, a, we have a custom when people join our church, and what we do is we give each person the opportunity to tell the story of how God saved them. Uh, but before we do that, I would like us to think through some testimonies that are in the Bible, one from a man and one from a woman. Uh, my hope is that these two things will happen among us this morning. Number one, we will rejoice in the power of God to save people. As we hear of the deliverance of sinners, we'll, we'll celebrate the grace of God together. And then number two, we'll be equipped and encouraged to tell others about um, our salvation as well. We'll not merely just um, listen and rejoice, but we will furthermore leave this place prepared to speak about how much the Lord has done for each one of us. So with that in mind, let's pray and then we'll, we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we are, uh, we are so thankful for your mercy and your grace in the salvation of sinners. Uh, we thank you that you, you sent your son and that uh, because of his death and his resurrection, we can be forgiven of all of our sins and we can have eternal life together with you. We are um, we're, we're overwhelmed. We, we stand in awe at your plan and, and of who you are. Father, I do ask that you would be with everyone who comes up here this morning to speak, that you would fill them with your spirit, that you would uh, give them a sense of calm, and that you would also fill all of us with your spirit, that we would just rejoice greatly in all that you have done for us. You're, you're a good God, and I pray that we would be given strength to acknowledge that today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so the, the first account that I want us to consider is found in Mark chapter 5. And so you can turn to verses 18 through 20, but what I'm going to do is just take a moment to set the context. In Mark 5, Jesus stepped out of a boat and met a man who was possessed. Now this man lived among the tombs, and he cried out day and night. He had, um, he had supernatural strength. Even when they bound him with chains, he was able to break the shackles in pieces, and so no one was able to subdue this guy. When he saw Jesus, he ran and fell down before him, and Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And so this man was possessed by many spirits, but Jesus cast all of them out. The unclean spirits um, left the man, and they entered into a herd of pigs that was nearby. The herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down a steep bank into the sea and drowned. And so Jesus delivered this man from slavery to Satan. Jesus set him free from his agony. Jesus brought him out of the tombs, out of the place of death. Now let's read this section where the man who was possessed makes a request of Jesus. Listen to this, Mark 5, 18 through 20. As he was getting into the boat... The man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. Now this is interesting because when this formerly possessed man Ask Jesus if he can be with him. Jesus says, no, you can't be with me. Jesus did not permit him. And why is that? Well, it's because Jesus had a different plan for this disciple. 
He wanted him to go back and tell his friends and his family how much the Lord had done for him. Jesus wanted him to speak about the mercy that was shown to him. Jesus wanted him to share his testimony of deliverance with others. And verse 20 then shows us how he, how he fulfilled this calling. He went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. Now, Decapolis does not refer to a city. It was a region of ten cities that was more um, Greek in its culture. In other words, this man went to Gentile-influenced areas of Israel, and then he told them about the Jewish Messiah. And the listeners marveled. By his testimony, this man prepared the way for the gospel to come to these people. Now, we should apply this account by telling others about the mercy that God has had on us. We can tell others how God delivered us from the power of sin and Satan. This man experienced a, a very dramatic deliverance from a large number of demons. That was his story, and our story may be very different. But no matter our background, no matter our upbringing, or the depths of darkness that each one of us individually fell into, every believer has this in common. Apart from Jesus Christ intervening in our lives and delivering us from the powers of hell, we were all eternally lost. And so if you've been saved, you have a story of God's mercy to tell others. The command that Jesus gave here is also very applicable to us. In verse 19, Jesus says, tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Have you ever stopped to meditate on everything that God has done to secure your salvation? I mean, he planned your salvation in eternity past. And then he sent his son to pay your debt by dying on the cross. And then he shaped the events of your life to bring you to himself. He allowed you to hear the gospel, and then he brought you to life through the gospel. And so despite all of our sin, he rescued us. Consider how much the Lord has done for you and tell others. All right, the second account that I want us to consider is in John chapter 4. You can turn to verse 28, John 4, 28. And again, I'll take just a moment to set the context for us. A Samaritan woman came to a well and asked, and Jesus asked her for a drink. And Jesus then took the conversation from physical to spiritual water. Jesus said this to her. He said, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so he was, he was letting her know that he could give her eternal life. He could satisfy her, her spiritual thirst, and he could quench her soul and grant her ever, everlasting fulfillment. Then Jesus turned the conversation again. He discussed her previous five marriages. And Jesus, what Jesus did here is he showed her that her life had been a series of broken relationships. Over and over again, she had hopes of happiness, but over and over again, her relationships fell apart, and she was left empty. And even at that moment, she was seeking satisfaction in yet another sinful relationship. In this way, Jesus starts to, to open up her eyes to what he's actually offering her. He's offering her what she could never find, lasting satisfaction, deep and permanent contentment by knowing him. Psalm 42.1 puts it this way, As the deer pants for the flowing stream, so my soul for you 
oh God. Now, since Jesus knew all of these things about her, she, she perceived that he was a prophet. And so she asked about the temple worship and, and the coming of the Messiah. And, and specifically, this is what she said to Jesus. I, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ, but when he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. All right, so let's start reading at verse 28 and see how she responds to this revelation that she has just now met the Messiah. All right, John 4, 28 through 30. So the woman left her jar and went away into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Now skip down to verse 39. I'll read verses 39 through 42. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. And so her response to coming to know that Jesus was the Messiah was to go and tell others. And the Apostle John informs us that because of her testimony, many believed. After she found the Christ, she led others to him. They also came to believe that he is the Savior. John Calvin explained the principle like this. He said, it is the nature of faith that we want to bring others to share eternal life with us when we have become partakers of it. The knowledge of God cannot lie buried and inactive in our hearts and not made known to men. Like this woman, we too must point others to Christ. All right, application. I just have two brief points of application. Uh, the first we're going to do right here in this service, and then the second we can do after the service. First, I want us to listen. Listen to these testimonies that are about to, that are about to be given with, with hearts that are just ready to praise God. We're going to hear a, a number of people just openly witness to the power of God to save and deliver. And, and here's, here's one of the things that I want us to remember is that God's power is not restricted to ancient times. God is still active today delivering sinners for his glory. So let's listen. And let's give thanks to God for continuing to rescue lost sinners. Second, I want us to speak. First point, I want us to listen. Second point, I want us to speak. Every true Christian has a story of God's kindness to tell. It's a story about a merciful God, about his son Jesus Christ. It's a story about a cross and an empty tomb, a condemned sinner who turned from their sin and believed, and a changed life. We know from experience what it is to receive God's mercy. Let's tell others how much the Lord has done for us. Let's point others to the one who saved us. Amen. All right, at this time, I'm going to have Alex and Lauren come up and share their testimony. <laughs> 